Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. All right, welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin, and today we have the privilege of having Kevin Rusak with us. He's a pastor in Fayetteville at New Heights Church, and we're excited to have him on our podcast program. And we're going to talk about what are we aiming at today. This is another section of the Broken Edges missiology talks that I've been uh, conducting lately. So we're going to look at this in depth, but first let's welcome Kevin and Kevin, can you, uh, share a little bit about your background, who you are and why you're passionate about these topics? Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me, uh, with you today. And, uh, like you said, I'm a pastor in Fayetteville, Arkansas right now, but I've, I've been working in ministry for over 30 years and 20 of those years were spent uh, with two different missions organizations, and I've worked really in-depth helping, helping believers to understand how spiritual growth and uh, interaction in God's kingdom really works. And, and uh, that's really a big part of my job now is, is trying to figure out how to disciple an entire church and be a part of, of uh, what I see as a modern discipleship movement that's happening in the body of Christ today. So really passionate about this topic. That's great. Yeah. So today, today we're going to be touching on the concept of the kingdom, creating some context for our efforts here to develop Metron managers who are successful at anything God's given them to do. So let me ask you a question here. As someone who's worked with the churches, with churches, ministries over 30 years, what would you say some of the pressing needs people have are like, what's, what's coming out these days with people in the church? Yeah, so great question. What I really am seeing and sensing today is that we need a renewed sense of purpose and hope. And and especially coming off of the year that we've just had. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so many people in our world they're asking questions like why am I really here and what's the meaning of my life and is there anything higher than myself to to live for? So really people need a sense of purpose and hope. Yeah, I've experienced that as well as I've connected with kind of a wide swath of the body of Christ towards the end of this uh, crazy year of 2020. Um, so how do we get answer to these questions? The, the, you know, what, what brings us hope? What brings us purpose? What do you see as answers to this in this season we're in, in this hour? Yeah, so the beautiful thing is that the gospel of the kingdom is the answer. But really, we've got to do a better job in the church of telling the gospel story. And what I mean by that is, is sometimes we hear when people tell the big story known as the gospel, they'll often start with Genesis 3, you know, with the fall of man, and they'll end in Revelation 20 in the lake of fire. Right. And the, the challenge with that is if you, if you don't have the, the right starting place and ending place, there's confusion in the middle and, and that's really where we find ourselves today. 
So what do you see as like specifics about the confusion, like what you're talking about that you're mentioning or your observations? What's a, what's a couple of the big ones? Yeah, well, so it seems like a lot of people I talk to these days, uh, especially in the younger generation, it, it seems like they're bored or even dissatisfied with the telling of the gospel story because it, 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 the way that they're hearing it, it makes it sound like that we're in just some kind of holding pattern while we wait to die and go to heaven. It's, it's like the gospel is only good for getting you forgiven so that you can live forever, but it, it doesn't really speak to your life in the here and now. So people are confused about their purpose on planet Earth, and particularly they're confused with the role that work plays in God's kingdom. Yeah, I would observe that as well. Um, work and the kingdom are my two passions in ministry. So I'm excited about this topic too. Looking forward to the context we're going to be able to discuss about the kingdom and theology of work, how we recover what I would call the dignity and mission of vocation. So what do you think we need to, what do we need? What do we need to clear up the confusion? Uh, great question. You know, we need to get clear on the full gospel story and God's aims in it, uh, because Jesus wants us to fully participate in his mission, and, and he's given us parameters to understand what we're aiming at, and, and also our, our starting point, you know, the end goal, and also what we need to be doing in the middle. And, and to illustrate this, Jonathan, I, I like to think about the first astronauts to land on the moon and the need that they had for clarity. You know, you, you've probably seen documentaries or movies about that historic right, journey. Right. And, and and I'm not, a, you know, an aerospace engineer, but but I understand enough to know that, that monumental calculations had to be made to ensure that they hit their target. Because if they were off by just a few degrees, they'd end up on Pluto instead of the moon. So, you know, with that mission, it was critical to understand the starting point, the ending point, what happens in the middle and it's the same thing with participating in God's mission to restore all things to Jesus Christ. We need the same type of clarity, because if we're off by just a few degrees in our trajectory, we, we miss the mark. Yeah, that's for sure. And I'm curious, uh, you know, what, are, what would clarify this in the body of Christ? Is there some theological points or uh, emphasis that you feel brings clarity to the trajectory so that we don't miss the mark? What exactly are we aiming at? Yeah, that's, so to understand really what we're aiming at, let's, let's go kind of to the end goal first. And when I think about the end goal, really Revelation chapter 5 verses 9 and 10 really spell it out well. And, and I'll, just, I'll just share that here. You know, it says, They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And, and this is a really popular missions verse, but it goes on to tell us the end goal of missions. It says, and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. So, so this picture here at the end of the Bible is, is us co-reigning with God in his fully established kingdom. And, and what we read in Revelation, you could say that is one bookend of the big story. Wow, what a glorious bookend. That's not always the one that we uh, hear 
shared when we hear the gospel. And I guess that's the distinctive of the gospel of the kingdom is the hope that so fills uh, the message, the message of restoration and reconciliation. So now that we're looking at this, uh, the far end, the, the horizon bookend here in Revelation, what's the other bookend? Where do, where do we go uh, backwards to? Where's the beginning? Yeah, so, so the other bookend at the beginning is found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28. And, and what we see there really helps us to understand really where we're at in the middle of the story. And so what it says in Genesis 1 is that, that God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. And then God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and, and over the animals. So, so basically the picture here is that God makes humans in his image, and then he gives us incredible significance in his kingdom. We're invited to rule and to govern, to reign with God in his kingdom on planet earth. And and, and this is also, we see this in other places in the scriptures. Another place is Psalms 8.6. It says, you've made him, and the hymn there is speaking about humanity, says you've made him ruler of, your, of the works of your hands, and you've placed everything under his feet. So, so what we see in the beginning and then here in Psalms, it lines up with what we just read in Revelation, talking about us being a kingdom of people from every tribe and tongue reigning with God in his creation forever. So, so just to kind of sum it all up, in the original commission given to humanity in Genesis 1, right. we were to reign with God as under kings and under queens, you could, you could say, right. living in this relationship with our creator and, and serving his purposes for the planet. You know, you could also say on earth as it is in heaven, we were to live out the ways of God as we created and we built and we established society, you know, business, commerce, the arts, the sciences. Wow. So we didn't exactly uh, bring that creativity or God's ethos into every piece of creation or every area or metron, as I would say, did we? Yeah, no, <laughs> unfortunately we didn't. Instead, we participated in a rebellion. <laughs> you know, our first parents, they, they bought this lie that, Human flourishing could be accomplished independent from God and, and his ways. Fortunately, that's not where the story ends, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, thank God it didn't end there. I mean, right at the very at the very get-go, we see God after this fall, he begins this initiative to restore the original design. And Jesus, you know, he's the long-awaited Savior King. He came at just the right time to bring us back into this shared relationship and purpose of God's kingdom that we see in Genesis. But the landscape has changed a lot since Genesis, hasn't it? I mean, how much is the same? How much is different? What do you see in that? Yeah, so so when Jesus shows up on the scene, there was an opposing kingdom, you could say, that that had fortified its position over all of the, the thousands of years, you know, since since Genesis. And, and this opposing kingdom just brought brokenness to everything it, it, it touches. So how did the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus change all that? Where, what was the change point? How did that affect everything? Yeah, so, so to illustrate and answer your question there, 
especially the part of how you and I participate with Jesus and pushing back that brokenness and right. restoring all things. I actually like to think about the beach landing at Normandy in World War II that, that we call D-Day. I mean, it really illustrates it for me. And, and, and I love history. And, and so historians say that D-Day was the decisive victory when the war was won. I mean, that's when the Allies, they, they landed and they pushed back the enemy and established what's referred to, it's, it's like a military term, they established a beachhead. It's a fortified position where they could funnel reinforcements through. And historians say that's when the war was won. Wow. But the war was over when the Allies marched through enemy territory, you know, okay. taking ground as they went, liberating towns and villages. And then they finally took Berlin. And that's what historians call V-Day. So kind of keeping with our illustration of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, that was the decisive victory where heaven broke forth on earth. That was like the D-Day spiritually. So how does that involve us now? Well, so, so in our time in history now, we are spiritually, you could say, marching towards Berlin, (laughs) like the allies did, taking ground as we go. And there's a verse in, in 1 Corinthians that, that really spells out what this looks like. In, in uh, chapter 15, verse 25, it says, For Jesus must reign, and, and you could say us with him, uh, he must reign until he's put all of his enemies under his feet. That's oh, fantastic. Wow, that injects so much hope and excitement into anyone's faith when they get a hold of this aspect of the gospel of the kingdom. So we've talked about the bookends in Revelation and Genesis. Now let's talk about life in the middle. So I make the case in my book, Managing Your Metron, that this is where we find what I call broken edges in our metrons. And this is the areas that are constantly emerging or showing up in our metrons that are, they're broken, they're damaged, they're out of order, they're not cultivated, they're unaligned with the culture of heaven. And this is where I believe we're called to occupy and transform all that God has called us to manage. So that's why I call it managing your metron. So how do we establish these beachheads, whether it's in, uh, we can use in the context of a metron or anywhere uh, in life, in ministry, in business, in marketplace, in government, all these things that we think about when we think about vocation. So how do we establish beachheads of God's presence in every sector of society? How do we extend God's reign now and join him in the restoration of all things through Jesus Christ? Yeah, great, great question. So, so another way of, of asking that is really, how do we go about fulfilling the great commission of Jesus that we read about in Matthew 28 or Mark 16, where, where he tells us to go into all the world? And the answer to that, uh, Jonathan, is that we do it creatively, and especially yeah. in our day and age. And, and we also do it in alignment with God's original design and commission that that we just looked at in Genesis one and, and really like there's um, a quote. It's, it's from one of my favorite books on God's mission It's called the drama of scripture. And, and in this book, it really spells out what the original commission in Genesis means for us today. And so let me, let me just share a little bit of it here. And then okay. I want to give another Definitely. illustration kind of in the middle of it. So in, in the drama of scripture, the authors say, uh, a better way to express the concept of humankind's dominion over creation may be to say that we are God's royal stewards put here to develop the hidden potentials in God's creation 
so that the whole of it may celebrate his glory. And, and so when I think about this, this idea of, of stewarding and, and developing the, the potential of God's creation, I, I, I try to imagine if I was like living in the 15th century and I was a sculptor and one day I got a message from Michelangelo and, and he asked if I'd be willing to come to his studio to complete a piece of work that he's begun. And as I show up at his studio, he mentions, okay, you're expected to continue my work in such a way that the reputation of Michelangelo will be enhanced by the final product. And, and I love that, that picture because that's really what, what we're doing here. And, mm-hmm. and this, this quote from the drama of scripture, it goes on to say, if this is what it means being made in the image of God, then clearly our service for God, our mission, is as wide as the creation itself. Amen. So the, the cultural or creation mandate, as it's referred to in Genesis 1, it calls us to bring every type of cultural activity within the service of God. And, and there's an, so there's a dynamic element to, to the image of God. God himself is revealed or he's imaged in his creation precisely as we're busy within the creation working, you know, to, to, to develop the hidden potentials in agriculture, art, music, commerce, politics, scholarship, you know, family life, church, leisure, all of these areas in ways that honor God. So as, as we live and we work and bring his ethos into all these spheres, we're spreading the fragrance of his presence throughout the world that he's made. And, and, and so it's, again, like that Michelangelo uh, idea, uh, his reputation is enhanced as we go into the world and we work in all these areas. So really kind of to sum it up, Jonathan, our work and our vocation are ways we participate with God in his kingdom mission to restore all things through Jesus Christ. So really, that's our purpose in the middle of the story. Wow, that's fantastic. So this is why I would say we can accurately maintain that within the context of scripture that informs us that everyone is on mission in their metron. There's no space where you're not called to the cultural mandate, to the creation Mm -hmm. mandate. There's no space you're in and nothing that you can touch that doesn't matter to God. Everything is to be brought into his ethos, everything in these spheres, and spread the fragrance of his presence throughout the world, throughout everything he's made. Um, And within the context of when I discuss and talk about broken edges missiology this is really the heart of what i'm getting at so many things in our metrons our spheres of society everything we touch everything god's given us to to steward to cultivate to manage well so much of it has broken and damaged areas that are easily within our reach and god's given us all that we need through himself his sacrifice his service the holy spirit everything is at hand that we need to manage our metrons and to really see restoration, reconciliation happen in any kind of brokenness, any kind of damaged area. So it's a joy to be on mission, and it's a joy that our work matters and our vocation matters, and that that is where God has put us to be missional and to bring that restoration. So the book ends, the Genesis through Revelation, that gives us great context to understand what we're really aiming at when we talk about becoming successful Metron managers. 
So folks, I hope you found this helpful as we put more solid foundation stones into the platform of your life to help you really succeed as a Metron manager and recover the dignity and the mission of vocation. And Kevin, love to thank you for uh, helping uh, with this project and speaking into this. This has been a great talk and I think will be really valuable uh, for folks going forward. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan, for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.